151. It's the Hot Stove League in Red's country. I'm Jeff. Tom. I'm Kim. And this is a Three Old Reds Fans podcast coming you to you via Zoom from in and around locations near the heart of Cedarville, the famous birthplace and final resting place of Reds. Pitching legend Bumpus Jones. Uh, as a listener to our podcast, thank you for being one of the most loyal Reds fans ever. We have a five-star rating on the Apple Podcast app, but we'd love more ratings and reviews, so drop some of the us there. Leave us a review, uh, comment on our page on uh, podbean.com, or follow us on Twitter at Three Old Reds Fans or on Facebook. Episode 51, in honor of, I looked at the number 51 list, and there too many good names on there. Probably pretty uh, low. Was, huh? there lefty, was there a lefty pitcher? I don't remember. Tell me who. Who? No, it must not be 51. I was thinking Joe Price. He was 49. No, he's not on here. He's Dibble. Okay. The most recent guy of consequence with John, was Jonathan Broxton. Also, the uh, legendary Lisalberto Bonilla. He was he was a number 51. What? Um, Mark Wollers. Bunch of names I don't even recognize. A name from, uh, he was a starting pitcher from 78 to 81. And then I think he went to the Giants after that. Tall, skinny guy. You're not talking Lacoste. Mike Lacoste, yeah. I was was actually at Mike Lacoste's Major League debut, and I think the first guy hit a home run off of him. He gave up a home run in his first inning at any rate. At some point he went to the Royals, too. He may have. Let me let me see. I click on his. I thought he went from the. I'm Reds. on ref. I'm on Baseball Reference here. He in four years with the Reds, he was 32 and 35, had a 4.39 ERA, and then he went to the Astros for three years. He played for the Royals for a year when he was 29, and then his last six seasons were with the Giants. 97 and 102 career record in 13 seasons, 3.99 career ERA. Uh, he was an all-star with the Reds in 79 when he was 23 years old. He went 14-8 and eight with a 350 ERA that year. So he probably had a good first half and had a nice season. And that's probably that's probably the best. Well, he had a 317 ERA for the Giants in the 89 when he was 33, and he was 10-10. and 10. So those are probably his two best years. I'm not looking at all. I'm not going to take time to look at all the other numbers. But in generally speaking, okay. those key so- numbers, that's – I just looked up a former Red. He was not number 51 for the Reds. But in the years after the Reds, Pedro Bourbon was number 51. (laughs) And who did Pedro go? Where'd he end up? I don't remember where he Braves and Blue Jays. Braves and Blue Jays, and he wore number 51. I was a bit I loved Pedro Bourbon. He was a fun, he was a funny guy. Um anyway. All right, so that's that. But we're here to talk about today's team and, and everything. And uh you know, the Reds have uh, divested themselves of some salaries here. Um, before we talk about maybe why they're doing it and everything, um, how do you, let's just talk about these guys in general first, about how we feel about them not being part of this team. And then we can talk about what this all means. What's, what are they doing with payroll? Are they rebuilding? Is this just COVID related, whatever, whatever. And then we can you know, talk about some other players after that too. But so Rossell Iglesias is gone, good or bad or indifferent. I think if you go from the highest level, what's the most important position on, on the field for the Reds to be strong at? It's pitching all day long. 
starting and relief pitching. Yeah. So um, we were super strong last year in pitching. It didn't quite work out for us, did it? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, no, because the offense wasn't good enough in, in the playoffs. I mean, obviously, we, couldn't, we didn't score a run in two, in two games and multiple right. and, and in extra innings, no less. I hate to see him break down the pitching, I guess. Uh, now, if if we only have to lose – if he would be the only pitcher we'd have to lose to pick up more offense, you know, that seems okay. Mm-hmm. But we're also losing Trevor – and now they're talking about Sonny, which is, I know, a whole other discussion. Yeah, yeah. So we can talk so about I, him in a little bit. But yeah. I kind of feel like if they go that far, they're going over the deep end. But, you know, maybe if it's only him and it helps us free up salary space to get some offense, we might be okay. Might be okay. That's my thoughts. All right. Kim, what do you think? Your, your question about how do we feel about it? I guess if you look at it from a high point of view and you look at uh, Iglesias' stats, you go, what are they doing? But if you lower that drone and get below the top of the pine tree levels and see what he's really done the past two years or what he hasn't done and heartbreaking losses and things, I think it's understandable. I like what y'all just said about, I forget about Trevor Bauer, you know, we're not going to get him, but if you don't lose any more pitchers and such, and, and I know we'll talk about the Sonny Gray rumors, I think it's understandable. So who becomes your reliever? We, we got to have a, uh, Jeff, you have said the past few years that you can go out there and you can find a bullpen ace. Will they be as good as X? Who knows? But, uh, you know, I, I'm okay with it because it also, what was it, $9 million it saves in the budget? It's not like it's an even trade, that's for sure, because this new guy they're bringing over, not real impressive. His average fastball is 88 miles an hour. True. Yeah. So. But they like some spin rate stuff, don't they? And you know how they are about that, trying to – do that so iglesias is due for 9.1 this year so and he's a free agent after next year so uh, iglesias goes out and have a has a really good year are they going to re-sign him anyway um that's he's re he's uh you know that's that's debatable he's been reunited with jose iglesias so that's right um i i think i read that with with the Iglesias being traded, and with these other guys that they've let go, they've freed up a total of fourteen million. Iglesias is—I uh, mean—he's making peanuts on that team compared to the top four. And they got—they're paying four guys between twenty. They got four guys with salaries between twenty-three and thirty-seven million. Who's this? <laughs> the Angels. Almost like they're in L- L.A. or something. Trout's making thirty-seven million from now through to twenty-twenty-seven. Uh, every penny of it. Rendon is making 28 this year, then 36, then 38 for up through 2026. Now you know why the Reds don't have any of these guys. Pujols has Pujols is making 30 million next year. Then he's a free agent. Which, if he continues to play after next year, he's 40. He's almost 41 years old. He'll be 41 when the season starts. He's not making anywhere near that, or he might just retire. Justin Upton is making 23 million next year and 28 the year after. And then the angels have the third highest payroll. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's huge. Their projected payroll for 2021, right? Well, for 2020, it was, it was 177 right now. They're estimated for 2021 is 163. The reds payroll this past year was 142 estimated uh, coming up now is 123 based on some things that they've done. Now that can change, obviously, 
they're not expecting, you know, um, to pay all these guys. Uh, some of these, you know, we're not seeing, uh, that doesn't include anybody who's a free agent now, obviously. So you've got Votto at 25, Castellanos at 16, Moustakas at 14, Gray and Suarez at 10 plus, you know, and change. Wade Miley at eight, Shogo seven, Tucker 4.1, Lorenzen is 4.1, Winker 2.7, Garrett 1.1. Oh, those are estimate. These are estimated arbitration numbers, starting with Lorenzen, excuse me. They're estimating those guys there. And this Ramirez guy that they just traded for, they're estimating him at 1.1, Molly at 2 million, Castillo at 4.4 in arbitration. Do you? Do you always scroll down to the bottom and see the deferred salaries that the Reds are still paying? Yeah, here I can. To Ken Griffey Jr. and so we're uh, doing this on Zoom. Bronson I Arroyo. Can... I think that's always fascinating that the Reds are still paying Junior three point five a year. Yeah, can you see this? Yeah. So there's At least not the Mets, and we don't celebrate Bobby Bonilla Day. No, we don't. <laughs> we do celebrate. I shouldn't say celebrate. I would say no. more. Right, we are. Uh... Let's see. I don't the, one see I'm look, the one I'm looking at has a deferred yeah, salary. Exception. Yeah, I'm not, it's not on this page. My concern is you let Trevor go. Dees Clavani's a free agent, right? Right. He, he's gone. Um, and then if you let Sonny go, that's three of your starters plus your top um, closer. I mean, I, come on. Here's a question. Here's some, I saw somebody tweet this. Did the Iglesias trade make everybody think fire sale? We're dumping lots of salaries. Not yet. Okay. But is that why everybody's, is that why there are Sunny Gray rumors? Because it's like, oh, you traded Iglesias for that? Because they didn't really get a lot. It's hard. It's hard. I mean, the guy's making $9 million. He's one year away from free agency. You're not going to get a lot for him. If he had, if you were going to get three or four years of control out of him, you're going to get more, right? And so this whole, you, you trade contracts, you trade years of control, you trade for it or you don't trade for it, and that affects what you get back. It's not, oh Jose, uh, Rysel Iglesias is this good a player? We should get, we're automatically going to get the same kind right. of level of performing players back. No, you don't because the contract stuff is is a huge part of it. So if Iglesias had two years left on that at 9 million a year, we'd have got more, but he's got one left. So we get less. So I think what it did was it said, Hey, maybe the reds are dumping people. Everybody's going to start offering for Sonny Gray. Cause what's Sonny Gray got left. He's got two years. He's got an affordable, a very really affordable attractive, two years contract. left. 10.6 yeah. million for a guy that pitches like that. Yeah, right. that's very affordable. So now everybody's asking. So the, does this mean the Reds are shopping him, or does this just mean a lot of people are inquiring because what they did with Iglesias? And I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna trade Sonny personally unless they just now, get this ridiculous offer that you can't pass up. Now, conspiracy theory, maybe they know more about Sonny Gray's back than other people do, and his back is not going to last two years. Maybe he's thirty-one. He just turned 31. He's had back troubles for years. It's not like it's a new thing, you know. No, I know, I know. I mean, that's just a, that's just a theory of mine. I don't know. 
that, that, that they're not really in fire sale mode, but they are in they are in a little bit of payroll cutting mode. And I think everybody is because you didn't have any, you didn't make any money at the gate last year. And it's affecting people's bottom lines. Well, you're likely um, not to make money at the gate the first half of next year either. It's very possible. It could be very limited. I feel like if they, if they keep sunny, you know, if they keep that pitching staff intact, Gray and, and Castillo and Miley, um, I don't know who, I guess Tyler Molly as well. well yeah. And Lorenzen, Lorenzen could be a starter. Or are they thinking of him as a closer now that they got rid of Iglesias? Well, who do you like better, Lorenzen or Garrett? Garrett. I know Kim likes Garrett better. Kim, Kim, <laughs> what kind of texts do we get from you, Kim, every time Lorenzen comes in the game? <laughs> I don't know every time, but it just he, – he actually performed much better this year as a starter. Very small window, right? Very small yeah. window, but those – Three starts, I believe it was, and they were clutch starts. We needed those W's at the end of the year. He performed great. Yeah. But a, a guy out of the bullpen, it just seemed like, okay, keep the ball in the park, keep the ball in the park. I know. And I know. Was, I know. I know. Um, so, so I, I've, uh, I, I'm with Tom Garrett for sure, uh, but a, but uh, Lorenzen, I, I, I do look at him as okay he's something he could start he really could and imagine if he started and we didn't have the designated hit oh, i'm sorry i'll go on to that later <laughs> oh we're not we uh, have that discussion he might hit 210 okay so oh, um, hey jeff and and that would be that would have brought up the team average this past year. Let's be honest. That's true. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, the the problem with this past season is that, you know, you get into this, you know, some people hate to use this term sample size, but I think it makes a lot of sense this past year. It's just hard to really, especially hitting, it's really hard to judge what guys are going to be like. I mean, and some of the key guys we got were, you know, Moustakas was hurt a lot and so forth. So, I mean, but I don't know. I that, don't know. That, I, that has merit, but they still played about 40% of the season. I know. I know. I know. And other teams tore the cover off the ball, and this team didn't. So, who knows? Garrett seems like, to me, the most obvious guy to become the closer that's on this staff. Uh, I think R.G. Bradley would have had a shot at that, but they let him go. Could they possibly re-sign him? Possibly, but usually when you don't tender, when you do the non-tender thing, you typically sign the guy back pretty quickly like they did with Kyle Farmer. So, which I think was a good move. So anyway. So I got a, I've got a question. Let's, yeah, go ahead. Let's switch, let's switch gears from pitching to hitting Absolutely. a little bit. As bad as we were hitting last year, is really just adding a shortstop the answer to that? you know i don't it depends on if the other guys bounce back or not yeah and i would like to see you know mustakas was hurt quite a bit um what's his name sinzel if if there's a if there's an ailment or an injury lurking around the corner it's going to find nick sinzel first so i'm kind of hoping <laughs> i'm, I'm kind of hoping that uh you know they they stay healthy this year uh, but Tom, that is a very, very fair question. The, the answer probably be no, 
but let's hope that now that you got the guys and this is their second year here, Castellanos and Moustakas, and, you know, if we do have the DH, then you're, then you're assured, you know, Winker's going to play and Akiyama's going to play. Yeah. Suarez needs to be Suarez, but, but do we, do we need to upgrade first base? Well, I'd be nice, but it's. Can we even happen. do that? Can we do that? No, I mean, nobody wants that $25 million salary that Joey Votto has. Nobody else wants it. Nobody else wants it. So anyway, oh yeah. So we're on zoom and Kim is showing a huge shareable, the big shareable bag of M&Ms at us. Tom, Tom joined the club too. Tom's thinking about it. He's got milk duds. I wonder what you were chewing on over there. What do you got Jeff? I'm gonna. I'm just gonna chew on my pen. <laughs> Yuck! <laughs> That's all I got. So I'm far you, away. It, are we allowed to trade Joey Votto? Well, yeah. Well, he has no trade. I mean, you know, he's 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 got right. He, he he's a ten year guy. You know, so yeah, he doesn't. He can refuse any trade. He has to give. Um, yeah, so you I mean, think so, you probably you can trade, trade him, but he has to agree to it. Yeah, okay. He has no, he's totally well, no, no trade clause in. Yeah. Along what Tom said, I've been thinking about it this week. Is Votto one of those guys that you pay out the next 10 years? You reduce some salary now and pay him, pay him that through 10 to 15 years. So oh. you can have flexibility now. Maybe. So you can have annual and Joey Votto right. day. Yeah. And, yeah. And that, and you that means. have to agree to that. I guess that determines if you're going to try to be competitive now or not. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it does. I mean, I think this team wants to be competitive. Uh, I think they're trying. I think this year was, has created a problem. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I think it's, I think a lot of people jump to the conclusion that the Reds have just given up on this year because they traded Iglesias. Um, I don't think so. I don't think that no. that, I, I think that's a big leap. I, well, I think that's a I, big leap. Like I said in our text, it depends on if they trade Sonny Gray. Yeah, if you trade Sonny Gray, then I'm not happy. I think if, if we – yeah, if – I agree. That, that, yeah. that makes it feel like, okay, we're not in this year. Right. Okay, we're not in, and especially if we don't upgrade the, the offense that much. So, I don't think – a Lindor thing's going to happen because they don't want to pay that kind of money that he's going to need and want and what he, whatever he's getting now, which I don't even know what he's getting now. Um, I just, that, that really is something I don't, I don't see. Um, he is a free, you know, he's making 19 five this year and he's a free agent next year. I mean, are the Reds going to do that and then pay him 30 million a year? No, they're not. So why go, why get him for one year? You know, there's other guys out there, Andrew Simmons and Simmons and uh, uh, D.D. Gregorius are out there. I mean, if you did Lindor and you didn't have to give up much for one year and then you Jose Garcia is your guy after that. Fine. But Lindor is way too the, the Indians aren't giving him up for for nothing. So it's going to cost you way too much. But so I just want to know. Sign Gregorius for two years or something like that, and then and then you you can transition to into Garcia if he is. I mean, the Indians estimated payroll next year is sixty nine million. 
So, I mean, they're, you know, they only paid, it was 95 this year. So I want to know like how, to spend money. How, how do the, how does the Tampa Bay Rays have a salary of half of what the Reds do and year in and year out, they're a contender. How do they do that in a very tough division? I want their secret for the Reds. You want like their secret? You want their secret? Well, it's this year. It was seventy-three million. Right they're, now, they're at like they're, fifty, and the Reds are at like a hundred. They're state. very, they're a very analytics-driven team. They look at a lot of the stats and stuff, and they're they're very uh, get guys on base and 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 have some good pitching and and uh, find you know that that's that's how they play. I mean, that's part of it. And sometimes there's a little bit of luck, right? Yeah, I don't think they have luck because they do it every year. You know, I know, I know. You make your own luck a little bit, but Blake Snell, I don't know. I mean, he's got three more. He's under contract through 2023, but I think I've heard his name pop up as a guy they might deal. Which... It's probably because he's their one of their highest salary guys. Well, yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> he, he is. He is their highest salary guy at 11. Well, yeah, well. He and Kermeyer, he and Kermeyer make, both making 11 plus 11 and change. So next year, he was their highest last year, I think. Well, anyway. it's just interesting to see some of these other teams like that, that, that like, and the twins, I think are another one that are able to contend with lower payrolls. Mm-hmm. They do. They do. And, you know, and the reds, I think still had a overall, a lower, a lower, a lowish type payroll last year and got in. Uh, with with the strong finish, so it can be done. For so long, we've had low payrolls and been terrible. Right. I think the I think the average fan thinks, well, if we spend more money, we'll win. Well, it's if we're smarter and we we do a better job of evaluating guys and developing guys, maybe we'll win. And that seems to be what's worked for the for the Rays. So yeah. they still won a World Series, but you know. They contended, that's for sure. They sure did. They sure, they sure did. I so. still say, I, I said back then against the Braves, if they could win one of those first two games, I felt good going into game three with Sonny Gray, but we couldn't forget getting a win. We couldn't get a run. Couldn't get a run. I know, I know. So, so frustrating. I, I mean, the question you have to ask when you're as, as a front office right now is how close do we think we are? And to having a chance to get to a world series. Do we think, do we have the core of that? If we do, we try to make some changes in and around it to make that happen. If we don't, we start over. And I don't think they're going to try to start over. I think that would be more frustrating. I would rather miss the playoffs trying to make it than I would start over. Who wants to, who wants to have that? Cause then you're like, okay, well, it's three more years before we even have a chance. Well, I, I got, I was a little disappointed that the Reds didn't turn over their, they're a hitting coach. They did that I the mean, year after, before. I know, <laughs> but it didn't. It didn't improve last year. That's for sure. Yeah. The thing is, is, is you didn't see players make adjustments as the year goes on. Um, Pete Rose, mm-hmm. I remember hearing him interviewed several times that you, you can't, you can't always do the same thing. You got to make adjustments as the year goes on. Because, mm-hmm. because the scouting reports have a certain way to pitch you. Okay, so they start pitching you that way. You got to adjust to that. So. Right. Kind of disappointed they didn't make a fresh start, the hitting coach. This team needs to figure out who the closer is 
they're certainly going to have to do more with the bullpen. And they brought this Hoffman guy in who they think has potential, but his numbers aren't very good. Got Lorenzen, who might become a starter. They got this Ramirez guy. He'll obviously be part of it. Lucas Sims was really good last year out of the bullpen. Yeah, he was. And then it's cast of thousands after that trying to fill in the holes. I don't, I don't know who they're going to be. I mean, it's too early to know that till we get to spring training and we start seeing who they bring in, who they give a minor league contract to, who they might sign as a free agent, so forth and so on. Have they, so this estimated payroll of 123 million versus 142 last year, the question that everybody wants to know right now is that 123 in the ballpark of where they want to be, or do they, or are they trying to get under, are they trying to get down another 20 million or so? I mean, we don't know the answer to that, right? I think if they try to get down another 20 million or so, this team is not going to be very good. Let's hope we just kind of stay where we are now, maybe pick up a, pick up some shortstop. Okay. So yeah, they're going to get a shortstop. What about the catching situation? Um, like Asali go, who's been really good backup guy. I mean, everything you want in a backup catcher really you don't need an all-star. Nobody has an all-star backup catcher, uh, but he was really good. And uh, you said so now it's Barnhart and Tyler Stevenson. Tucker Barnhart's about ready to turn 30, and that's kind of old for a cat. That's starting to get up there for a catcher, for most catchers. I would love to see Stevenson be, just because I feel like you need offense. Uh, I mean, they've got to, they have to at least be 50-50, if not Stevenson. I think you got to be thinking Stevenson is, is more the lead guy this year going in. That's my opinion. That's what I'd like to see them at least try to make happen. Now, if Stevenson falls flat, he falls flat, but I don't, I don't think he will. I think he's, I think he's going to be good. He's a righty, right? Yeah. Well, he's, oh, as far as a right-handed hitter. Yeah. I was saying, yeah, all catchers are right-handed, right? But yeah, as far, <laughs> as, far as a hitter. You could go, you could go right left with him and because Barnhart's a switch hitter, right? Well, Barnard gave up switch hitting last year. Oh, he did. Okay. Yeah. So he's lefty all the time now. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you face more right handers. So that means right. Barnard, if you went strictly on that, Barnard would play more. Right. Uh, I've not heard anything about Stevenson not being able to hit lefties. So, you know, I'll, right, miss, you I'll miss Casale because uh, he, he exceeded what any expectation I had because I never heard of him. Yeah. He came in a year or so ago. Two, uh, he was a leader in the clubhouse. And three, how many times this past year, there was a stretch, a few games where it's like it was a miracle he was out there in the field because he was just in pain, mm -hmm. taking a foul ball to whatever part of his body. He will be missed. But we're talking about Stevenson and saying offense, offense, offense in comparison to Tucker Barnhart. But I, I think that's because the jury's still out because at least me, I'm speaking for myself, I don't know how he is defensively. But the, the, the small sample size, again, this past year they played in, he looked incredibly legit back there. Yeah. So I think we're comparing that and saying that because Tucker Barnhart's a gold glove winner, two-time gold glove winner now. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I, I think the catcher position, uh, as much as I will miss Kurt Casale, I will. I, I think it's a stronger tandem now than it was this past year. It, it certainly can be. It certainly can become that. Definitely, uh, especially definitely if, if, if Stevenson can emerge as a real regular type of guy. Yes. Right. I mean, Tucker Barnhart backing up for the next couple years for this year. And even maybe they, I don't know, if he's a backup, they'll never do that. I mean, he's got a 
he's making four million this year, twenty two. There, there's a club option that would pay him seven and a half if he's the backup catcher, and they're not they're not exercising that option. So right. he would either be gone or re-sign at a at less just because he wants to stay with the Reds. So, Tom, you sort of kicked out the what it looks like our lineup would be, our basic most regular lineup would be right the other day. So why don't you just run through that? I think the, the biggest thing that, that I'm feeling is that if Father stays, um, I don't think we're going to see him in those top three spots anymore. No, no that was pretty clear last year. Right. So I think, you know, I think we, the typical lineup would be Shogo, Castellanos and Suarez as the first three. Then you put Moose in a cleanup spot. Mm -hmm. And then the shortstop, shortstop to be named later. Yeah. Maybe Didi Gregorius. Yeah. Would be good. And then you have your, your catcher spot, Stevenson, Barnhart. Then you could finish, you could finish that lineup with Votto and, Senzel setting up for the top of the lineup again. Yeah. So you could. Uh, Winker's not in there, but Winker, 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 would, Winker here will play. He'll get his, he'll get his, yeah. he'll get his at bats. Really, make, really makes you pine for the DH, doesn't it? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> we said last year it's a good problem to have too many outfielders, right? Yeah. Somebody's always going to get hurt, or you know yeah. how this stuff goes. Which happened because didn't Senzel get hurt again last year a little he bit? Did. He did. Um, and I felt like Castellanos could have used a day off a couple times. He just he he seemed to get in a he was hot, and then when he seemed to get in a in a rut, and it's like man, give the guy a day off, uh, get in the cage. He all started day. strong, yeah. But, you know, um, but you know, if he'd have had 162 games, he probably would have had a couple more odd streaks like that, and and ended up with really good numbers. So uh, I'm just glad he decided to stay. Kim, what do you think of that? I mean, without does that sound like with what we see right now, that that's probably how it's going to go. And then you figure out it's, it's really probably a four man outfield again. Thinking based Winker. Upon what we have based upon what we have right now with a shortstop TBD. Absolutely. I will say, I don't see Votto hitting eighth or, or, or the lower part of the order. He would, he would hit against uh, before Stevenson. And if it's the uh, Gregorius, I'd say he'd even hit a, a head of Gregorius. Senzel is key. Kids got to stay healthy. Yeah. You can't injury bug, COVID, whatever, uh, vertigo, you know, the, the next uh, popular virus or whatever, he's going to catch it first. He's got to stay healthy because he, I'm not giving up on this young man. I, he is, uh, I think he can really do some things. And remember, they changed um, in 2019, went to that batting stance change. Remember the whole thing with Votto and that too was very controversial. Tom talked about the batting coach earlier. And so I can see those players that Tom mentioned. Uh, I, yeah, I just see Vado just because they. I know this to, uh, thought. Uh, I could see Vado batting no lower than six, yeah. but I do not want to see him in the leadoff spot again. I just no, yeah. it's not going to work. I think uh, Akiyama would be your most. I think he started to find his way later in the yeah. year, and I think I think he makes sense there. Those are the guys we have. Those are the best nine shortstop with shortstop to be determined. 
that's probably your best nine guys you have right now. Are we okay with yeah. that nine? I mean, we we're, we we need we what what this team needs more than anything is for and you already mentioned it, Kim with Senzel, and and we we've talked about Stevenson. It's about time that we have a couple of these offensive guys that they've been bringing up as prospects actually blossom and become really good, good, steady to really good major league offensive players. And I think those, I think that's huge because you think you, you, you really know what you're going to get over the long haul from these other guys, but we need a couple, we need a star to emerge really from these young guys. Yeah. I like this lineup. You know, you've got that middle of the lineup that has proven themselves with Castellanos, Suarez and Mustakas. They've all proven themselves yeah, right in the past. Right. But yeah, you're absolutely right. We got to have these young guys step up. And just a little side note, you know how we said that um, the Reds right now freed up about $14 million in payroll. Guess what D.D. Gregorius's salary is right now? $14 million. Yeah, that's interesting, huh? That's interesting. And he... As I look at this lineup that Tom's made out, and Jeff, your response about Winker, I, I look at, all right, so we got eight players that Tom brought up. I, I say nine, you cannot bench Winker. I understand about you can't have enough, more than enough outfielders, injuries and such, but you can't bench Winker. He, no. Where do you put him? Who do you I, sit I, down? You got to find a spot for him. He he was there and, and he was hot for the longest time and then cooled off, but he was still by far our most productive hitter. Go no, I think him. he's good too. I just don't know who you sit in his well, place. It's going to be it's Go-go. going to be any given night, Akiyama, Senzel, or Castellanos. You've got to keep him in that lineup somehow. You gotta play him at least five out of seven days. We talked we talked about the hitting last year, and it wasn't because of Winker that they were down. I actually think Winker's probably a better hitter than Shogo. Um, I just don't know how Winker would be as a leadoff guy, you know. Don't want him as a leadoff guy either, but yeah, I thought I thought three number three or number five. I've been saying that for a couple of years is where I would put Winker. I would think I would. That's where the DH really helped him last year, as far as getting guys playing time. It didn't really help him score more runs, but it helped him get it helped him get playing time for these guys. You know that that's what it did. The other thing that really matters here is that who they do get at shortstop because where he, where that guy's going to bat in the lineup can make a difference. Right. So Gregorius is going to be 31. I just found something here. This is a website sort of projecting out um, free agents and they list Didi as the number eight, eighth best free agent. And a projection here is three years. The Reds would sign him for three years for 39 million. And uh, he, he made, you know, he had a one-year deal, as you said, Tom, for $14 million with the Phillies last year. He had a full, healthy he season. full season. Yeah. He had a 116 WRC plus, really looking like himself as he, as he did before. He clearly had the best season of the three. There's three veteran shortstops on the free agent market, and he had the best year. What was his I don't know what his WOBA was. I'd have to look that up. <laughs> and and he, he was originally a red, right? So, right. Right. It would be, it would be good to bring him back. I think I, I, I really that that's that's what I'd like to see him do, 
if you give him three years, two or three years, he probably wants a three. He's 31. I'd be going for a three-year deal if I'm 31. That's fine. You know, if you decide you want to deal him after two years for something because you think Jose Garcia is ready to go and be just as good, then, then you do that. You don't have, you know, they've proven, well, I don't know if they've proven, but this whole Sonny Gray talk says, well, you, you get a guy under three years for a good, for a good deal. That's, that's kind of what happens. So we shall, we shall see. At any rate, what's the I, like the, I like to, I like to, you guys, what's that? What's the dates on all this? When, when is all the um, big signing period and everything have to be done? I mean, is it just before spring training or, I mean, I know stuff has happened at free spring training, but. You know, well, let's see if I can find the, there's usually a free agent calendar. Out I know there. we're in a hot stove. Right. People are talking about it. So they just had the rule five draft and the Reds did not draft any major league rule five guys. They drafted some minor league rule five guys. Contract options were due on October 30th. You had to do the qualifying offers by November 1st, which was 18.9 million, which the Reds did do for Trevor Bauer. So if they lose Trevor Bauer, then they'll get they'll get draft picks out of that. Free agency began November 1. Deadline to accept or reject the qualifying offer was the 11th, which which happened. And they all mostly always rejected. Non-tender deadline was December 2nd. Winter meetings just happened. They just had the Rule 5 draft. January 15th are, you have to submit salary figures for arbitration. So free agents period is open. Just, you know how it is. It takes a while and then it becomes a domino effect at some point. That's where we are with that. So free, I mean, you can sign, they could sign, Reds could sign somebody today. Um, today or spring or training spring training yeah in, you okay. know they're gonna want to get it done i mean we're gonna know a, a guy like gregorius is gonna i mean there's february 27th is officially spring training date so a, a guy like dj gregorius is gonna be signed by then most likely unless he's just getting terrible offers and he's holding out and holding out waiting for somebody to get hurt but he's a he's a starter people there's some other people the reds are right there i mean he knows if he signs with the reds he's the he's the starting shortstop there's there's no if ands or buts about that so brewers i guess they're looking for a shortstop too yeah just looking through the other team's needs they are those are the guys that's that's who we have i don't i'll be surprised if they make make a never make another big uh deal the Mets right now are the odds on favorite I think to sign Trevor Bauer would you if you guys that what you guys have heard yeah 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 you exactly so I don't blame him I mean coming off that year man this if (laughs) he he said that he would consider a multi-year deal and who else better to give you that and what you want than Steve Cohen yeah, the Mets are re- ready to spend. I mean, a lot of people talk about trimming payroll, but the Mets are looking to go the other direction, right? An owner who will pay the luxury tax. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, who's that going to be? Who's that going to be? Who's willing to do that? I mean, there's a few, there's a handful, but in a, in, in this in this market, that's hard to imagine ever having an owner that would be willing to do that. So I agree. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. So we've talked about the lineup. We talked, we don't, 
a little bit about the bullpen, the starters, and just to review that, if if we don't trade Sonny Gray, we've got Sonny Gray, Castillo. Do you think they'll re-sign Di Sclafani? Is there any reason to re-sign Di Sclafani? Or are you ready to try somebody else? I am ready to try someone else. Yeah. I think I don't know who that would be, but you know, maybe, you know, Miley injuries last year, a healthy Wade Miley could be very good. Um, not as good as Trevor Bauer was, uh, but still good. I think, you know, Tyler Molly certainly has an opportunity to be the number four guy. And then there's Lorenzen as far as who we have now. Will they sign somebody? Will they make a trade? I mean, I don't know. I don't know that they will. I'd just like to see them get Gregorius and then sit where they are. With, with the possible exception, I would say of maybe someone else, an acquisition for the bullpen. I agree with what wow. you And I said the possible exception. Right. I guess outside of what you would consider a regular position player, an everyday position player, and starting pitching, I think they're going to – I'd be shocked – I'm shocked, but I'd be a little bit surprised if what we see right now in in everyday position players and who those five guys I just mentioned as possible starters, I'd be surprised if there was a change unless they got a tremendous offer for Sonny Gray and they make the trade and we all go like, well, yeah, you had to do that. And then that might change the line up a little bit. And it yeah, might but what change would the, a tremendous offer be? I don't know. And I don't think it's coming. I don't think it's coming. So I really don't. I don't think we're going to trade him because I don't think the offer is going to be good enough. And I think fans would be, there would be a lot of like, you guys don't, you guys aren't trying to win and you need people to come back to the ballpark this year. So you have got to put your best foot forward for whenever people can come back to the ballpark for people to want to come back to the ballpark, you know, not just because, Oh, we can go. No, we want to go see this team play. I, I think that's a, to me, that's a good business decision, but it's not my money. So easy, easy for us to spend. Yeah. Oh, it's really easy to spend Bob's money. You know, we could all spend Bob's <laughs> money. Like, if you could spend Bob's money, Kim would Kim would be paying luxury tax. So he already <laughs> stated that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I finally understand what that ring and that luxury tax of seventy five dollars means on the Monopoly board game. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, don't you ever don't you hate landing on that spot? It's like, are you kidding me? Seventy-five bucks for luxury tax? <laughs> Unbelievable. Starting pitching. I mean, I think the, uh, another guy that's not we haven't talked about that I think could very be very good pitcher in some fashion for this team next year is T.J. Antone. I think I we, we he liked looked, a lot he looked of, good last year. We liked a lot about a lot of what we saw T.J. Antone. Fear the beard. Oh, he has like a perfect beard, doesn't he? It is. It's a perfect beard. <laughs> perfect beard. Um, he, can, he can hide files in that sandpaper, you know. <laughs> he's a guy that I think uh, he's he's 27 years old. He just turned 27. And I think he's got some good future with this team started four games and he didn't go very long in any of those starts as I recall, but, but he got him. He was that bridge to where they needed to get to. 
I think he's good. There's other guys that is, as far as starters coming up. I think you can – Trevor Bauer goes as much as we wish we had him back. I think we're – I hope that the top pros, pitching starting prospects coming will actually be better than the last round that we had of where we thought we had good pros, starting prospects. Speaking of Robert Stevenson and people like that that, you know – didn't really pan out. I mean, M- Mally has been pretty good. Um, is he ever better, more than a th- number three guy? I don't know. I think the jury's out on that. So the next couple, over the next couple of years, I think we're going to see Nick Lodolo and Hunter Green in Cincinnati, and we're going to find out if those guys are for real. And if those guys can come in and be for real, and you get six years out of them before you got to pay them up. 30 million a year, 20 million a year. Wow. That meant that's, that's good for the long haul. That's really good for the long haul and being, being able to build something, which is what I think yeah, we have. You've got to get to that. You've got to get to that. If it's, if it's constantly going out trying to find starters through trades and free agents, you're always going to have those short windows with them because of contracts in free agency when it's, when it's coming up, you're always going to have those shorter windows. So you got to find a couple guys to be like a Castillo, you know, you, you're able to have Castillo for a long time. And if we can, if these guys can do that too, then you're, you know, you're always going to have turnover and starting pitching, right? How often does it, any starting rotation have the same five guys for more than a, a couple years at best? I mean, it's always turning yeah. over, but as long as it's, it's, it's sort of like, you know, when you're running a, a college or high school program, you know, your seniors graduate, but then your juniors and sophomores are there moving up and being and able to help. So it's sort of like, that's sort of my analogy of like, when a couple guys become too expensive or ready to move on, you've, st- you've got two or three more guys coming along and you've always, you, you don't have like this down year. So if you can avoid that down year of nobody f- taking, taking a big step and being a legit major league pitcher starter, then then you can maintain some consistency. So, so should we talk about another person that the Reds let go last year that found a new home? Uh, Tom Brenneman. Did you read that he yeah, is now announcing Port- for? Is it the Roberto Clemente League? Yeah, he's in Puerto Rico. Yeah, Puerto Rico. That's yeah. interesting. He gets to still call baseball. I get. I don't think he's not going to move down there. Is he just going to go down there during the season? Or yeah, I guess. I mean, I gonna- thought it was. Kind- I was curious, why, why do you think professionally he did that, Jeff, as a guy kind of in that world? Well, I don't think I don't think he had any real choice, did he? I mean, he wasn't going to get a job here. Right. But is, is that supposed to help him get a job here later? Because I don't know. I think, I, don't... So, um, I, I think so. He, at some point, he likely will be given another chance. I think he should. I think it's politically correct or whatever, uh, what they did to him. I think what he did was egregious. What he said was egregious, I should say. Uh, but at least now he can go and say, I love this game. I went down here. I called these games in the Roberto Clemente League and in, in, in Puerto Rico. And uh, they can say, okay, you, you paid your dues. You've done this. You've shown you really want to come back. And um, I, I do. I, I think there's purpose in mind. Was that kind of like being sent to Siberia for a while? Uh, yeah, it kind of is. It's like going, you know, 
Tom, that's a cold comment you just made. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think it kind of is. I think I, I think there's a some truth in that. It's like go you go here and work out your issues, and then time can pass. And you know he's shown he's shown contrition. There will always be people who would say, "Don't ever give that guy a second chance because of this. This is this is unforgivable." type of thing don't ever give him another chance and then there are others who will be like well no we do want to give another chance let's move forward um and do that so he i guess he has to show i mean this this is a humbling obviously a very humbling thing for him to have to go do and if he does it and he does it well maybe maybe someone will give him an opportunity back here i don't know if it'll ever be the reds you know, a lot of times these things, kinds of things happen, whatever the reason, you know, there's multitude of reasons guys get shelved and pushed out and exiled, right? So he's been exiled. Maybe that's another word you could use for it. He's been exiled to Puerto Rico. Usually they come back somewhere else. Uh, he's, he's worked out West before. Maybe he ends up out there, out that way somewhere and, and works somewhere else and is not, uh, you know, Maybe he's never back on Fox calling NFL games again. Maybe never a national job again, but just just a just a regional job again, where he's just known in that market and not across the country. Well, he's about our age, I think. Yeah, he is. He's like he, fifty, early fifties, I think. Well, maybe we could, maybe he could uh, join our podcast someday. That we'll, we'll we'll give him a maybe we'll be the ones to give him a second chance, but. Um, kidding of course but i think will we be willing to go with four old red reds fans if tom joined us yeah sure we'll change the name we'll change the name hey so, we have we have grace we don't know if somebody else if if some other organization out there has said you know tom go do this a little more time and and, and we might have something for you we don't know that i doubt that that's true there's a job waiting for him after a season in puerto rico but maybe he's talked to a lot of people and a lot of people have said, this is something that you need to do. Yeah. Somebody had to have recommended that, right? Yeah. Tom Brannerman isn't making what some of these baseball players make, but I'm sure he was making a nice, a nice living. I'm sure he was well compensated for the, for the work that he's Those done. Those guys as a make like a, like a million bucks. So. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he's making good money doing it, but if he's our age, I mean, you know, he's, he's not ready. Okay, so he's not ready to retire, you know. He feel he he right. still. He, he, we call ourselves three old Reds fans is more of a, you know, poking fun at us ourselves. When, but none of us are ready to retire, necessarily. Well, I, don't I, know. I would re, I, I would retire. I would I would yeah I could retire if 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 it was uh, <laughs> if money if I didn't have bills to pay and debts to pay. But you know, but I I got to figure Tom isn't ready to to give that up. I mean. Yeah, especially if you especially if you enjoy what you're doing, you know, if you really love what you're doing, and if you're getting to call baseball games and football games and sit there and do that on television, that's probably a job you pretty much really love to do, and you've always wanted to do it. So that's that's kind of uh, probably part of the reason too. He just he's just not ready to give it in, give up, give up on it. And I think he'd love to come back and not necessarily prove people wrong or nothing like that, but just to come back and say, Hey, I made it back, you know, thank you for, 
uh, he'll, he'll be, he'll be grateful and thankful for having that chance and, and just to be able to do that. And he can go out on more on his own terms, right? Everybody wants to yep. go out on their own terms more than, more than anything. And he obviously wants to do that. Any other thoughts? It's a little too early to make predictions about this team next year. Not yeah, We'll do that in spring training, but knowing what we know about him is this a, I, I, I knowing what I know about this team now, Barring any fire sales, I think this is a team that has a chance to go out and compete again next year. I saw you know? some article about National League Central, and it had Reds at rebuild. It had another team at rebuild. It had the Pirates that had a different descriptive. I can't remember what that it was for them. And it had the Cardinals of uh, repositioning or whatever, something like that. Within our division – if not too many other teams are going for the throat and we can bring in another player or two, a position player and a pitcher, depending on who that person is and not giving up on Sonny Gray, I think with the lack of revenue this past year, I think that's the best we can hope for, guys. Yeah. I think if you sign Didier Gregorius and you don't trade Sonny Gray, you signal that we're still in this. We're still yeah. trying to win. I think a lot of people have jumped to the conclusion because of the Iglesias trade that we're in rebuild. I like the word reposition better. I think they are repositioning. I don't think they're rebuilding. I mean, they might be, but they haven't completely shown that hand. The only thing, did the Iglesias trade show their hand a little too bit to make it tough to deal and maybe sign Gregorius? Would Gregorius have signed already if they hadn't traded Iglesias? Maybe. Maybe he's in a wait and see, you know, he doesn't want to go somewhere that's rebuilding at 30, 31 years old. Who's been on some good teams. He don't want to go. He didn't want to go into a rebuild. It's the last thing he wants to do, but maybe that's not the guy they're really after. I hope it is. All right. Well, it's uh, coming up on Christmas. Hope you guys uh, enjoy your Christmas time. Tom, I see a tree behind you and uh, <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Yes. We usually have some family come in from out of state that's not going to come this year. So that's a little bit of a downer, but we get to have a first Christmas morning with the uh, new grandson. That'll be fun. Uh, he'll be a little over six months old. Are you guys, uh, Kim, you going to get to see your, your, uh, all your kids over break? I know you're a little more spread out than I am. Yeah. No, Thanksgiving, we saw two of the three kids and spouses and, and grandson and, Christmas, we'll see two of the three trading off on on one of them for another one. Right. So we are planning to go to a, a different state, but I suspect we will not be able to because of the uh, governor's edict about quarantining for 14 days and a yeah. somewhat hefty fine if, if you're caught. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that's not worth it. I'd rather not do that. So yeah. we are anticipating that we will be in Ohio for once for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've been staying in Ohio for years now because people sort of come to us and we've got a lot of family around here, so we don't have to travel. But the ones that aren't coming are really because of too much, just a little, you know, you can't eliminate risk, but can you minimize it? And we've talked about this before. I'm, you know, I'm coaching middle school basketball and ninth grade basketball this year. And we've had quarantine issues already. It's like, I gotta, I gotta, I, I'm around those kids enough. I gotta keep my distance from other people as much as possible right now. Just cause I don't want to, 
get myself in a mess and then cause them all have to miss school and miss more games. And so just a heavy responsibility feeling toward that. So, well, Tom, you're, none of yours are too far away yet. So I guess you'll see all yours around the holidays. Yeah, I think we'll actually have all the kids at our house for Christmas mm-hmm. uh, just for the day. And we'll be somewhere else the day before and after. Yes. So I think we'll get them all Christmas Day, so that'll be good. That'll be good. And you have some big news in your family this week. Yeah, we have a, another daughter-in-law coming into the family, so that's fun. She was here this morning. Yeah, well, good, good. I have not gotten to meet her yet. Of course, they've this all started since COVID, right, pretty much, or about the time COVID started? Yeah, about the time COVID started. So they were across the street from you at the Geyers last night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they were. I'm sure. I mean, I've seen Thomas over there more than once. So yeah, eager to meet her and um, other family in town. My nephew will be in town with his wife. She's, they're going to have a baby this year. So that's another sign that we are, we are definitely three old Reds fans. We got kids getting married, more kids getting married. We got grandkids and probably, and more on the way at some point, I'm sure. So well. Ken, how old is your grandson now? He will be one year old on December 29th. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's getting ready to walk. I was thinking he was born in January. I, well, it's close. I was thinking it was more after the first of the year. So that's cool. Very close. Uh, you know, we started the Three O Reds uh, fans podcast, and Tom and I would be praying for all of the daughters yes, we for marriage. I still pray that for some of our bobs. And, yeah. you know, we, we did not know how to spell grandkids at the time. And, all of our kids were not married. I don't think any of them were married. So no, life changes. None of mine were. No, because this is like what fourth year or so we've been doing this, and that's all. All that yeah, stuff's none of mine happened. Were either. All that stuff has happened. So life, life changes are fun, um, and to see this kind of stuff happen is, uh, you know, it's it's part of what you expect to happen in your life. If uh, should you live long enough to to be able to enjoy those things. All right. Well, we look forward to to all our listeners out there. We wish you all uh, uh, a Merry Christmas and a, and a Happy New Year. And um, um, we'll be back sometime after the first of the year once we see a little bit more what this team makeup is going to look like and and share some, uh, obviously, some just tremendous insight on that, right? I expect that maybe not for me, but I expect you two guys to have just tremendous insight on uh, – no doubt on what's going to, what this team's going to look like. So no doubt, we need to tell all of our, our listeners, Reds fans, get your kids and your grandkids, Cincinnati Reds stuff, you know, baseball. Oh, hats, it's a good idea. It's a good idea. It's well, like, it's like opening up gifts on Christmas morning when you hear our predictions. <laughs> <laughs> so if Santa, so if Santa isn't nice to what? Say what? I didn't want this for Christmas. This isn't what I asked for. <laughs> so if Santa isn't good to you this year, then just you know come back for us and sometime in January, whenever I can wrangle us all together and we can uh, do this. It'd be nice to get to together and do this in person again some point. But fortunately, the yes, Zoom thing helps. So, I should be here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is wishing everyone uh, no quarantines or isolations or anything else like that the rest of this year and into the next year. But if it happens, it happens and um, keep the faith. So uh, when we return, we'll know a whole lot more about what this team looks like and will look like. And we'll have a lot more to say about that. So for now, as we always say, 
Go Go Rams. Rams!